Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nerds Adulting, your grown-up nerdy podcast. I am your host, Pistol Pete, Peter, whatever you want to call me, with my co-host, Ruthie. Ruthie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a good day. It's a Sunday. Good morning. I hope you're having some coffee. I know it's a little early over there for you. Um, today is a special day because I am joined by my good friend once again, Brandon from LRM. Brandon, what is up? How you doing? Konnichiwa. How's it going? I'm doing uh, well. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. How's uh, how's the weather over in Germany? It's brisk. Uh, it's not cool at all. And I mean, it's the opposite. It's not cool, <laughs> but it is so cool. <laughs> it's not cool, so but it is it's, cool. It's, yeah, it's Mardi Gras weekend here. So there have been parades and people skimpily dressed. And it's just, it's not working. It's just not working. So <laughs> We actually got snow uh, Thursday night and everything shut down in North Carolina. So it was pretty funny. Yeah, I actually have to work from home. We have like a quarter of an inch of snow and everything just shuts down. It's pretty great. People skidding off the expressway like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, it's not even that. People just drive like they forget how to drive even in rain. Like, I have a pretty long commute and people like, literally the other day, someone had their four ways on in the left lane driving 20 miles an hour below the speed limit. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I get to experience when uh, Mother Nature hits. But anyways, we're going off topic already. <laughs> um, today's episode it's just a how do you do yeah right right exactly um, so today's episode is going to be mainly focused on our experience of converting from Android to iPhone 11 Pro um, before we jump right into that there's a couple of news topics that come on to hit uh, that happened over the past uh, week or so um, what do you guys say do you guys want to jump into that right now yeah I'll do whatever you want to do Pete oh yeah I like it um, all right, so in nerd news, uh, Birds of Prey box office dud. Uh, Birds of Prey failed to make up much ground at the international box office where it launched with $48 million, bringing its global haul to $81 million. Now, caveat, this is from February 10th, uh, so this is like right after it launched. And Brandon, you and I, you actually brought this up in a chat about why it wasn't successful. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going to lead you off with this and get your thoughts on this and start the discussion. Why do you think it wasn't successful? Uh, I'm going to blame coronavirus. Yeah. I'm going to say at the international box office, people were just like, you know what? I don't want to be around a whole bunch of sick people. I'm going to stay home. <laughs> and no one went to see it. They decided to stay in and watch the Harley Quinn cartoon, which is excellent. I saw that. I saw your tweet about that. I haven't watched it, though. Is that the so one with good. Kaylee Kawako? Yes. Okay. I want to uh, It's amazing. I remember when I was going to go watch the Birds of Prey movie, I had watched like maybe half of this show and I was very afraid that I would end up hating the movie because generally when you see a DC movie versus like a Warner Brothers Animation Studios thing, Warner Brothers Animation almost always kills the live action thing. It's always yeah. like better, more succinct and just it's I generally enjoy them more. But Birds of Prey in this cartoon could exist just in different realms and you can enjoy them for their own thing uh as to a serious answer to why i don't think this movie is doing well i think that it's multi-layered i don't think it's just just one thing i think it's bad marketing i think it's a bad name i think the r rating does hurt the fans of harley quinn tend to skew a little younger now which is interesting to me because you know talking about the batman the animated series that's where that character originated so 20 plus years ago is where 
that character was first introduced, but Mr. J. Um, yeah, Puddin, Mr. J. <laughs> um, I. So it's in, so it's fascinating to me that that character is now more popular with younger viewers. So I think in that respect, the R rating hurt it in some respects. Um, you know, it, it, even in my own experience, where. I have the ability to see multiple movies. That's not everyone. And even if I could see this and let's say Sonic the Hedgehog, when I go see Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm dragging my two kids with me and maybe even my wife. Mm. So in terms of yeah. ticket sales, you're almost always going to have that multiplier for a kid's movie versus this rated R movie. And going back to the marketing, like the name was bad. If Harley Quinn was your most popular character such that you thought that she should have her own spinoff, then her name should have been front and center in this movie instead of da 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 Harley Quinn at the end. Which is really and, interesting because you're probably gonna jump into this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna already say it. Which is they changed the name after it launched to include yeah. it like in rec- retroactively, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've only seen that once before with Live Die Repeat. Mm, um, right. with Tom, that. which is crazy because it's a Tom Cruise movie, yeah, and for Cruise. some reason, yeah, you would think that Edge of Tomorrow, like, who cares about what the name is? It's it's Tom Cruise. Really, the name of the movie doesn't matter. Like, Oblivion is such a blandly named movie, but you just stick Tom Cruise like on all the posters and all this other stuff. I don't think the name of that movie had anything to do with no. that movie. Yeah. Well. So, uh, yeah. Ruthie, but, um, did you did you see hmm. Birds of Prey? Did you get a chance to see uh, it? No, I didn't get a chance to see it. We actually got hit with like a bunch of storms and stuff, so oh. I stayed in for that reason, not because yeah. of the virus, <laughs> but because <laughs> the storms. There was power outages everywhere, so much so that like businesses were getting hit. So yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to go to the movie and end up getting stuck out, stranded. So gotcha. <laughs> would you funny. have seen it? Um, honestly. I I was kind of on the fence about it. I think the advertising wasn't good, the spots. I mean, to me, it just seemed like this, I don't know. It just the advertising even confused me about like exactly what's going on. I'm on the up and up. I try to be on the up and up on like comic books and things like that because I enjoy them. Um, but yeah, the name change, it was all confusing. It's honestly like maybe I'm jaded as a girl, but like. It to me, it seemed like a breakup scenario. She broke up with Mr. J, and they <laughs> broke up, and um, and now she has like all these men chasing after her, and she's just trying to like get her messy self back together. <laughs> but at the same time, she's also going on that post breakup bender. So I'm like, girl, so it hit too close there. to home. I, I know. I'm like, this. I'm like, girl, I've been there. <laughs> I know the story. <laughs> it doesn't think- go well. One of the things I think people are forgetting when it comes to how bad this movie is doing or not, I don't think it's a bomb, but I also don't think it's a huge success. One of the things that hurts it is that the movie that preceded it was shit. And even though Suicide Squad did well financially, everyone I don't know one person that likes that movie. Yeah. So I think that's a hard sell to say like, yeah, this is a pseudo sequel to that. Like, mm, no, I don't think so. Yeah. He- you know, for me, I didn't see it either, uh, and I was also on the fence. But my time, like I, we discussed this, my time is—I don't want to say like valuable, but I—I'm limited in my time, especially given that I have a long commute, like 
for those who don't know, I have an hour and a half commute to and from my job, so that's for one. So I have to pick and choose our movies because the weekends are very limited in what, what we're going to do with family. And I knew Sonic was coming up, and I was kind of like, that was a movie we were going to go see, which we'll get into after this is we're going to talk a little bit about Sonic as well. But that's what kind of, I think, was the bat, the straw that broke the camel's back for me seeing Birds of Prey was Sonic. I probably would have seen Birds of Prey, especially after you told me it was good, because I usually go by what you tell me because we have similar interests and thoughts on movies, Brandon. Um, I was going to probably go see it. But given the fact that I knew the following week I was going to have to go see uh, Sonic because of my daughter, and that was going to be a family outing that I probably wasn't going to end up seeing Birds of Prey, which is kind of interesting. I think mm-hmm. Sonic may have played an effect for i think a lot of people can relate in that aspect i could be wrong but i think a lot of people can relate is they're not going to see two movies uh back to back week you know weekends i just think that's not normal for most people i don't know what do you nope. guys think no i think that's right yeah. yeah no i think and i think um you know brandon mentioned it too like uh, the fact that it, you know the rated r the multiplier you know versus you know the whole audience, like who can all see it and stuff. And honestly, from the previews, I would have to say that considering Harley Quinn and like how, like, come on, a lot of boys fanboy over Harley Quinn from suicide, whether they liked the movie or not, a lot of people did a lot of guys and girls. (laughs) And, um, but then you have this one. And like I said, she's kind of like in that messy post breakup stage and most guys aren't attracted to when the girls are crazy like that. So I think even her attractiveness, all this mess that the movie seemed to be, I think they didn't sell guys on it. Yeah, yeah you know, I what? remember I think, seeing the. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I bet you. I think I know what you're going to say if you're going to talk about the trailer for Suicide Squad. No, I was, well, I was going to do a comparison. Yeah. So I remember seeing the first trailer for this and it was them dancing. Is everyone dancing? And I was like, I don't know what to make of this because yeah in terms of marketing you compare it to deadpool and you're like that was funny so even if it isn't if it doesn't match the tone of the movie the marketing for this movie is funny and so i would you make a connection like okay if the marketing is this funny then hopefully the movie is this funny as well Mm -hmm. watching um margot robbie and um everyone else dance isn't really funny and it's just kind of confusing as to okay what is the tone of this movie what's going to happen is the whole thing supposed to be everybody dancing or funny and all this other stuff and juxtapose that to suicide squad where you know the guns are matching the beat and the music and it's just it's fun and it's kinetic and you kind of already get like okay this is going to be an action the music is driving this movie forward and Mm -hmm. even if you know we we hear and we see those things and it, it gets us in a mode of readiness to receive that. And then that's not what we got. <laughs> but you know, the marketing people for that movie did a much better job. Yeah. yeah. The one I thing so. I, I was going to say was with suicide squad. We all remember the uh, sex appeal of Harley Quinn with, you know, her short shorts. And I think that was also a thing that like, kind of drove the male audience for Suicide Squad where I felt like, I'm not sure if it's right or wrong, but I felt like with Birds of Prey, they didn't um, focus in on the sex appeal of Harley Quinn as Margot Robbie. And I think that might have played into, because, I mean, say what you want or what you will, sex appeal drives a lot of sales for multiple products, right? Well, I think- you know, well, saying that and stuff, they're actually like, 
and I maybe it's because I'm uh, a woman and stuff on the other side of the coin, but there have been like a lot of articles and like tweets and stuff about how unappealing they tried to make Harley Quinn in this movie. Like oh, there's yeah, been like right. a lot of stills where she looks old and tired, like when they're at the bar and stuff like that. And there was, she just got like so much backlash and they're like, how hard did you guys have to work to make her unappealing, you know, and stuff. So, I mean like, yeah, I would say whether that was the fail point of the movie or not, it is a point that brings in, you know, sex appeal some and yeah, 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 it brings in something. And so I think they did fall short in capitalizing. I mean, she's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say they made her ugly, but yeah, some of the stills that people have tweeted up there and stuff, she looks like a tired girl. <laughs> like yeah. she and looks that's like what a, a lot tired of people... stripper. That's what a lot of people went after Rob Liefeld for because they thought that he was saying that she wasn't sexy enough. I have my own opinion what I think he meant at the time that he tweeted that tweet because he says now that that's that wasn't his intention. Mm -hmm. um, but I do at the I do think at the end of the day a studio has to kind of and a movie has to know where its bread is buttered. And mm -hmm. to your point about you know that did bring in some percentage of the audience that sex appeal. That sucks for them because on the flip side of that, Robbie has said she does not like dressing that way. Like it was uncomfortable to be in those clothes, uh, both physically and mentally. And so they didn't go out of their way in this to make her unattractive, but they did try to put her in clothes that one match the character and two, she would be more comfortable in. So I feel for her in from that perspective. Yeah. Well, and I think like, so I'm a, I'm an analytic and stuff. And like, so to me, I just equate this whole movie to like a post breakup scene that this girl's going through. And I know it sounds crazy, but I mean, that's a big part of it. But like, there's also the drawl of like, when you break up, you go through that phase of like, you don't want to deal with men, you're super jaded and stuff. And so I feel like she would cover up more. Like she'd be like, I'm not trying to flaunt everything. I'm done with that stuff right now. Whereas opposed with Joker, I mean, Mr. J made her feel super attractive, super exciting, super sexy, you know, so everything kind of matched with it. I also think one thing, so you bring that up, just reminded me of another thing. I think he needed to be in this movie. Oh, I somewhere, had, somewhere. Yeah, and he's not, like, not even in a, so they do show him, but they're like flashbacks and they're only from behind. And I'm like 99.9% .9 sure it's not Jared Leto they needed to do that because to your point about this being a breakup movie, I think some of that catharsis is a confrontation. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And you don't get that. You don't get any of that. And I think to see that a lot of people would have been okay with it. And, you know, say what you will about Jared Leto's Joker. Like I liked his persona. I hated the way he looked. Like all the tattoos didn't work for me with the exception of a couple. Like I really liked the one on his hand where he could cover up his face and it looked like he was smiling. I love mm -hmm. that uh, because yeah. it's creepy as hell. I hated the damage tattoo. But to deal with that, like one of the things that always sticks out to me is when in The Force Awakens, they moved Kylo Ren's scar from where it was at the end of that movie to where it was in The Last Jedi. And Ryan Johnson was like, what? Yeah, it looks stupid there. And so he just changed it. Just get rid of the tattoo. And then, like, when somebody asked about, yeah, I, I moved it because it was dumb. Who cares? Yeah. I think we're at a place where people can change and move things in that way and just say, yeah, it's done. D like, get over it. Like, the Don Cheadle, like, yeah, I'm here. It's me. Get over yeah. it. We're done. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, no, I just, I feel like that confrontation would have been better, you know, and stuff like that, because from what I've read and what I've seen, she basically spends some time hiding out, and then all of a sudden she's thrust back into all this stuff, and it's just a mess. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's, it's cool from a plot perspective, because it's basically John Wick, in a sense, where she she's protected by everyone knowing that she's the Joker's girl. But once everybody finds out that they have broken up, all bets are off and everyone that she has wronged in the past starts coming after her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think with birds of prey, it's just um, a culmination of a lot of things. I think just everything kind of went wrong for it. Unfortunately. Oh yeah. I think that's just basically what happened. I think there's not one thing as we've already touched on. There's a, there was a multitude of things that just kind of happened for it <coughs> that they they mm-hmm. probably should have prepared for, but they just did it. And that's kind of the story with DCEU is they're just kind of like failures. But Well, I um, mean, sorry. I know you're no. trying to like move on. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Think, no, like I know I, I get what you're doing. <laughs> one more point. <laughs> Listen, okay. You asked At least we're honest. Post. At least we're so honest and I love it. <laughs> um, okay, but I think one other point is, is that in, and Brandon kind of brought this up with the confrontation. Harley Quinn in in Suicide Squad was not a solo selling point, though. Her and Joker together were a selling point. And to get her in a movie all by herself, I don't support the whole... Like, when Suicide Squad came out, so many people were epitomizing and glorifying the relationship between Joker and Harley Quinn. Forever, I've never done that because it's abusive. Like, straight up. Like, at the end of the day... It's abusive. It's crazy. But that said, that relationship has so many things that everybody wants in their relationships. It has passion. It has fun. It has sex appeal. You know, it has excitement. It it has, you know, not knowing spontaneity. It has all those things that you want in a relationship. You know, like that crazy, crazy love passion that you just can't, you know. So, I mean, that is appealing to people. So to take, to remove that from her personality post-Joker, post what, you know this crazy love affair that they had. I think that that, that did pull some of Polo away as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I agree. Yeah. And you were right. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sonic breaks records. Uh, the movie's $70 million U.S. debut marked the studio's biggest opening since Mission Impossible. Uh, Fallout since 2018. Sonic the Hedgehog breaks video game pick opening record which was $70 million and reps the fourth best president's day weekend debut. What do you guys think? Remember that? Remember way back when, when it looked like a horrible travesty (laughs) nightmare and then they decided to go back to the digital drawing board and change Sonic's uh, look. And lo and behold, um, it turned into a, a pretty decent success story. Ruthie, what do you, what do you think about that? Um, I recently saw a tweet and it said, congratulations, everybody, you cyber bullied them into giving you exactly <laughs> what you want, you know? Um, but I mean, like, I guess I'm kind of on the fence. I feel bad because I feel like there were artistic directors that were trying to give it their own vision, trying to make it, you know, not so nostalgic Cartoon. and lean on that. Nostal- yeah. And to not lean on it because like when you look at the Sonic that we ended up with, that ended up in the box office. It's very nostalgic. It's, I mean, other than like the textures that they put on him, he's pretty much what the, you know, we grew up with. 
And so, I mean, I think they were trying to break away from that and not lean on that so much. But basically, everybody threw a bitch fit. And they were like, no, we want the Sonic we grew up with. Um, so they ended up with what they did. That said, uh, at the same time, I'm kind of like, why did you try to do something so different? Well, my you know, thing was I guess. When, that was my, my thing. thing. Why was it Why was it such a thing? Like, I feel like, you know, because even the textures and stuff, he still looked different. He still had his own little revamped look and stuff. And as far as the success goes, I think it comes down to the multiplier. For Mission Impossible, I mean... And Mission Impossible was like all the guys. Well, this could be all the guys that grew up and had their kids and their wives and stuff. You know, it was just that easy. Well, my my thing with the original look was it just it was weird. It just didn't look like how I would imagine. I mean, I get you wanted to take your own maybe take your own um, view of Sonic or your own spin on the Sonic design, but it was just really freaking weird. I mean, even with the teeth. That they had. I don't know if you remember seeing that cl- that yeah. screenshot. Like it was Little just really weird. No neck. Yeah, and then Brandon. I don't <laughs> know if you remember. I always say, don't they test this stuff? Don't they say go to the hey? Don't they find groups of people that are Sonic the Hedgehog fans and say, hey, this is what we're looking for. What would you think about this in a movie? And I but can't it got imagine all the way to trailer phase. Right. Yeah. And like they it got were all the way there. My understanding, they were almost basically done with that yeah. s- that that model. They were. And then they, they were ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my quick take was that I think that the public responded in kind. They saw that they took the time to, you know, make it right, so to say, um, and spent all that money to do right by Sonic. And I think that's kind of like yeah. why the public went, because to be honest with you, that movie really didn't look good to begin with. Cause I don't like the whole CG live action stuff. Personally, I just like, it just doesn't appeal to me. Um, and Brandon, I was saying, I, I wish they had just did a CG movie kind of like they did with, um, Angry Birds is just to take that the lore and all the stuff that they have out there, just make a CG movie. And why make it live action? But um, so <laughs> I see the picture. Yeah, it's just like really weird. Um, but Brandon, what did you think about that? About everything from the change to the original trailer all the way up to being pretty much the most successful video game movie. So I agree with you know, an amalgamation of what both of you said. It doesn't make sense to me that you would decide that you're going to make a Sonic movie and then go that far away from what Sonic actually looks like. Um, and it's funny. Do you guys know that fan art, the really, really bad Sonic fan art? Yeah. Like where it looks like a two-year-old Druid, basically, or maybe a three-year-old. Yeah. That's what he looked like. And you, you basically only know that that's Sonic because you have some vague recollection of what he looks like and it just it looks really really bad and i feel bad from this perspective i'm glad that the studio did the right thing but at the same time they shouldn't have been in that position to begin with because they should have done something that stupid like before they put pen to digital paper to do this they should have said okay here's design one two and three like actually i'm let me back up i don't know that that didn't happen somebody just made the wrong choice yeah right Um, and it just doesn't make any sense and the thing that makes me feel bad about it is the studio that did this that was told to do this is now out of business they got shut down before christmas Mm -hmm. and it that's really really bad i don't know that this was the cause i don't know what the actual cause was because presumably to have to do the redesign, they would have to be paid more to get it done. So I don't know what was the actual cause. Um, the movie yeah, that was really fine. weird. Like, I think 
Hmm? I thought that was really weird that they that like you said that they shut down that studio that did the the remake or the redone Sonic and you because like you said you would imagine they would got they would have gotten paid for it. It's almost like the Paramount was trying to push blame onto somebody, almost like scapegoat them. I feel like, but um, I don't know. It was really weird. I don't know. I wish I knew more about that story as to why that studio went under. Maybe it's more than just Sonic, but I thought that was really weird. Yeah, I think so too. Um, because they, again, presumably they should have been paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the movie's fun. I don't think it's better than Pokemon. I like Detective Pikachu better than this. Um, that movie wasn't really that great at all. Yeah, I didn't think it was all that great. It was fun, but yeah, I completely like it's 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 a kids movie. I will say that it's a straight up kids movie. Whereas Detective Pikachu was a kids movie, but was mature enough for grown ups to enjoy and had enough callbacks for that nostalgia nostalgia feel. Whereas Sonic yep. was just like a straight up I'm a kids movie. Here's all the cheesy corniness, but you know it wasn't bad. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, it was fine. I was whelmed. I enjoyed it from that perspective. I think that the parents in the room were far more excited for it than the kids which again it was weird because we went to see um spies in disguise and as we're walking up to see spies in disguise there's a poster for sonic and my kids are like we want to see sonic we want to see sonic it's like you you're three and five you don't know a goddamn thing about sonic right you've never played a sonic game you don't know like you've never seen me play a sonic game and it was so i think that was kind of funny but um yeah the movie's fine i was whelmed i enjoyed it as a parent enjoying it with my kids but i won't you know rush to see it again i've seen detective pikachu since i saw it in the theater um even spies in disguise i'd probably watch that again i don't know that i would watch this again i would watch the sequel but i don't feel pressed to see this again yeah mm-hmm. sonic for you said my kids they never seen any of the games play but my daughter watches the show on netflix i think it's the one that was on UPN, one? the one in upn back in the day the cheesy weird one um, that like the, the funky animation, not the more mature. The one with Jaleel White. I think so. Not the one that was on ABC. The one on ABC was the one that was a bit more mature, a little bit more uh, serious in tone. The one on UPN yeah. was the one. That's the one I think she was watching. But she still it's she the knows. Sonic says at the end, right? I think so. Yeah, I don't really, I don't, really I don't watch what she's watching uh, on Netflix um, as far as the Sonic show, but I know it's the goofier. I'm pretty sure it's the goofier one, which I didn't like as a kid. I really enjoyed the ABC Saturday Morning one, which because it was more serious in tone and it seemed a little bit more grown up in that aspect. And that's what I was saying. They should have referenced a, that. Hmm. Yeah, there's one thing missing from this movie, and I think that they should have had like a uh, a Jaleel White cameo from that been great. Sonic in this. That would have been I great for like. <laughs> 10% of us that would have caught that reference. That would have been written really good. Uh, but I, my, my thing was, they sh- I felt like, I don't understand why they didn't just do a CG movie. Maybe it's because it was cheaper to do it this way. Uh, well, I mean, they may have anticipated it being cheaper to do it this way, but then the remake or the reshoot of Sonic or redone Sonic cost more money. But I thought that if they would have went back, they have all this lore and all these characters they could call on you know and um like tails for one and knuckles you have you have a great cast of characters you could have tapped into but they decided to go the this live action route which for me was just like yeah yeah that's which is weird because they're both in the movie (laughs) yeah um sonic and knuckles are both in the movie but they were just like no 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 okay now we're in the real world go away wait knuckles was in the movie am i not misremembering that yeah, so in the beginning, those 
characters that were chasing him and Longclaw, those were echidnas. They were all covered up, and it's hard to see, but those are definitely Knuckles-type folks. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But they never showed, like, Knuckles or Tails or the... Um... No, Tails is definitely in the movie. I don't remember seeing that. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was just... In the... So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> After... Um... Did you stay for the post-credits? So, there's a post-credits with Robotnik oh, no. where you no. see him on oh. the Mushroom Planet. No, no, I did see that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. After that, that oh. Tails comes. Man, that's not the movie though. That's not. I'm talking about in the, the movie. Post credit scene is totally the movie. It's not the movie. I mean, it's not like that has anything to do. I guess we can debate that another time. That's kind of a silly debate. That's right like now. seeing <laughs> at the end of a Marvel movie. That's not the movie. I mean, I guess. Yes. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like none of that stuff that happened when- in those post credit scenes really. I mean, I guess Marvel's different, but okay, I'll don't, give you that. Don't, sure. don't, yeah, don't make exceptions because it's Marvel. <laughs> it was like a Marvel yeah. bias right there. <laughs> um, like, it's a Marvel, and you were just like, well, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I'm not a, yes. I'm not a fan of the post credit scenes. That's just me. But anyways, um, yeah, so I didn't realize, I mean, I was more of saying that they should have put these characters into the movie. They should have you know, mm-hmm. had more the front and center because they're so well known in, you know, as far as Sonic fans go. But that's just my opinion yeah. on the movie. It was it was good for what it was. I'm happy that it was a success, success because of the initial backlash. But like you said, Brandon, I agree with you. They shouldn't have ever been in that place, been in that spot in the first place. So, yeah. Um, what, um, I have a question for you guys. Tell me this. Why isn't James Marsden more successful? Is it by choice? Or does the audience just not? Like, I don't get it. What's the deal? Because he's been around for 20 years. And it's weird to me that he's in successful movies. And he just never seems to be like, he's never in your face all the time the same way that um, someone like Hugh Jackman or The Rock or whatever. Like sexy pick Hill. whoever. I is think he he's that, plenty sexy. You know, so is he not? I don't know. But he's the unassuming sexy. He's not. He's got the, that not, shuts. No, no. I think he's adorable. I love him. Like, like, uh, I love Bill Hader. I would like to know why Bill Hader is not more like successful and stuff like that because he's hugely comedic. He's smart. He's intelligent. He's a great actor, and he's. I think he's cute and adorable, good looking. You know, but like, he's an unassuming sort. He's like the assu- unassuming guy next door. Like literally, he's like basic if there white was a guy. movie like he's about the most... Hollywood heartthrobs james marsden would always be the guy next door that's like hey guys you know i am grilling out saturday if you want to stop by you know like he's a good guy but i mean he's just he just doesn't have that like oomph that studios are like pining over you know no man i think but you could I, totally make him solid if people in, i think if you invest i think if that's the thing i think if a studio would invest in him though you know what i'm saying because you have actors that'll do like, you know, shirtless roles, you know, the shirtless, dripping, oozing, sex appeal, powerhouse action movies or, you know, superhero movies nowadays. And yeah. then they'll also do like something very wholesome, you know, and stuff like that. And I think he's just in that middle ground where nobody's investing in him. But I think he could he I think he could. And I think, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, no, I think somebody was pointing out that, too, that he's like the golden uh, like what, like the golden chalice of animated creature films. Like he just knows how to co-star with them very well or something. So they showed him like doing this. <laughs> they showed him doing hop, 
with the bunny. Mm. They showed him in uh, Enchanted when he had the squirrel. And then um, what was the last one? Something else. I don't know. The last one was like a joke, but it was pretty funny, though. You know, what's funny is that he um, there were scenes when they were in a truck together where I feel like they just left the stuff from the. Hmm? It felt like they left the stuff from the last Sonic, the last design, because it you could tell that he was trying to look at Sonic and it didn't look good. Didn't quite mesh. Yeah. yeah it, no. I mean, it's possible to save money. They probably did, honestly, at that point. Whatever they could just like integrate from the first they probably did. So, yeah. I mean, I guess for me, James Mart, like I said, James Marsden is like this basic white guy feel, you know, like there's nothing, <laughs> no, there's he's nothing like, wrong with he's that. like, like mediocre. Yeah, no, I like, but I mean, like in studio case, casting, we need a white dude. Yeah. Right. Really right. Like, I think he's been typecast like that. That really is. I think it's, that's what it is and stuff. And like, I mean, just like the rock, the rock, great guy. You know, wait, 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 like wait. You're going to compare James Marsden to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know what you're getting at. But, like, <laughs> no, but, I no, never would imagine those two... There is, like, the big teddy bear, or he's the high action star. Like, he does not do dra- drama very well. He doesn't get sought out after for those things. You know, like, it just is what it is. It's typecasting. And I think John, James Marsden, unfortunately, is just your basic guy next door, white, you know, white yes. guy, you know? It, it, like. I w- I will say my favorite James Marsden character is, I don't know if you guys watch 30 Rock, but he plays uh, Liz Lemon's boyfriend. And he's like, he's like this really lame guy trying to like, he sells hot dogs and that's like his job. It's really funny, but that's like, (laughs) and then like Alec Baldwin's always making fun of like Liz Lemon, who's played by, um, shoot, I I can't think of her name now. Um, Tina Fey. She's played by Tina Fey, and yeah. Alec Baldwin's character is always like uh, making fun of making fun of her for dating this guy who's like super basic and not has no ambitions and stuff. It's just really funny. That's my favorite James Marsden character. Yeah, I mean, I I think James Marsden, if someone put in that uh, studio put in the effort for a movie, I mean, yeah, I think he could be successful. But I think the problem with him is like he seems very plain. He's like super vanilla. I mean, for lack of a better term, but uh, but yeah. Um, right, I'm ready to move on. You guys want to move on to the last news topic? Yep. All right. So Let's do it. the The last news topic I had was so this past week, streamer uh, Ninja, former Twitch streamer, now Mixer streamer, <clears throat> um, had some things to say on his stream about losing, and then he actually tweeted out this this tweet. He said the phrase. It's just a game. It's such a weak mindset. You are okay with what happened. Losing imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There's always something to learn and always room for improvement. Never settle. This lit a firestorm on Twitter with people basically bashing him, saying you're coming off like a whiner when you lose. I kind of think that he get what he was trying to say, but he said it in a way that was easily misconstrued and it's twitter twitter people i feel like are quick to backlash um brandon you i brought this up to you right before the show you didn't know about it you immediately had some things to say so i'm gonna let you go what did you, what do you think about that i don't know what the context was i don't know what someone said to him to set him off it, it started in a stream i believe someone had mentioned about it's just a game to him and i think he had just lost yeah. and so he was really intense and if you can i'll play the i'll play the bit um the video bit here in in post um for people to hear 
But and then he sure. tweeted that I'm pretty sure he tweeted this after that happened. I think kind of try to trying to like set the record straight, sort of. But and yeah. he came he was off very to because he has big names that are <laughs> that he's accountable to. Yeah, yeah. I I would like to know what someone said to him to cause him to say that. But without knowing that, I will say this: I think people play at different levels, and I I do think just based on what I saw him say, to some extent, he's right. You can't say that to LeBron James or Tom Brady or someone like that. This is his livelihood. This is what he does. And so while he's not going to, I don't, does he compete at Fortnite tournaments? No, he doesn't he does. compete. He does not compete. He, he is a streamer. Okay. Far as I know, so, I've never seen him compete, at least recently in the past five years. I don't think I've seen him ever in a competition. To the extent that people watch him and enjoy watching that's how he makes money from between that and sponsorships. And I don't, I don't know what, I don't watch a lot of Twitch streamers, but there's gotta be some sort of threshold between watching someone lose all the time and enjoying them because they're a good personality. Right? So if you're thinking about a, a graph, like where those two things cross and if he lost all the time, would people enjoy watching him play? This is what he does for a living. No, I think that part of his success is how good he is at video games. That's that's his yeah. mantra, kind of like Shroud and King Gathalion or some of the bigger named streamers. Um, obviously, there, like you said, there are some that are just fun to hang out with and watch. Um, yeah, he's not a he's not a hangout gamer. Like I'm not super well versed, but I'm going to say from anything I've seen of him, he's personality wise, he is not. Yeah, he's kind of a douche. I'm just gonna yeah, say anything yeah. about if I, anything, like, his personality I, turns me off. Yeah, like um, he is him. because yeah. the way he sees, he's like always got to be extreme. He's always, you know, but that's fine because he knows that he's not like your buddy. He knows that. That's why to him, it's not just a game because he knows that's his selling point is how good yeah. he is and how devoted he is and how much time he puts into it. But I actually heard and see this is where social media gets all mixed up. I actually heard that this tweet, like this whole thing, was a slight against people that are casual gamers. Like, he was trying to say that basically even casual gamers, like, you can't just, like, you know, that it's a dumb mentality that's just a game when you can, you know, if you wanted to stream and things like that, you can bump it up to the next level. You just got to stop making excuses and being a shit gamer. That's what I had heard was the side of the coin. And then that's why this tweet and everything, because there's like different media sources being thrown out. And he had to kind of like backpedal a little bit, like I said, because of the people that back him, um, because it came off really bad. Mm. And what's funny, because yeah, in the I, actual <laughs> in the actual audio, he mentions LeBron, LeBron James. But then someone posted a quote from LeBron James when he was down 2-0 in the NBA Finals saying, at the end of the day, it's just basketball. So it's kind of funny that, you know, he brings up this topic of how, yeah. you know, when you lose, like, you should take it very seriously and be super upset. And if you don't act that way, um, you're basically uh, a, a bad gamer or a bad person. Where real professional athletes, really, they, they can compartmentalize that aspect of it of, yes, you should, I think the, what he what he was trying to get at is when you lose, <laughs> you should take that as a motivation to get better. Not necessarily whine and cry and be angry and throw a temper tantrum. You know, I think that's kind but of you know what's funny about that. I don't believe LeBron James when he says that. He's saying that because he is down 0-2. 
Yeah. Well, I think my thing is the funny thing is how you just said Ninja like is saying you shouldn't throw a tantrum and get upset. He gets angry all the time. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He like blasts and goes crazy and he like kicks his chair and things like that. (laughs) I don't know. Like he, he does. But I mean, I get what he's saying. I guess like my thing is, though, I mean, like it's almost like he's he's forgotten how to eat humble pie a little bit because at the end of the day, the fact that he that this is his livelihood, like playing games, is pretty cool. So, I mean, I think that's one reason that he got so much batch backlash. Because at the end of the day, he's getting paid to do what stuff people are only able to do in their free time. Like, so, I mean, I don't know. It's controversial. But I agree with you about yeah. LeBron, though. I think there's a whole image to the sports thing and stuff. And when they are down, they have to choose if their message is one of, like, melancholy, like, we tried our best. Or it's one of, it's just a game, guys. It's okay. You know, like, I think they have to pick their message of the day. But I think, well, yeah, they're so, they're just as disheartened. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. yes, down 0-2, throwing a temper tantrum and being super upset and throwing stuff around is not a good look, I would imagine. But... It, I Brandon, you probably oh, can attest no. to this. I don't know, Ruthie, but I've been watching sports since I can walk, right? Since I, w- I was born in 83, and I can still remember sitting in my dad's lap watching the Bulls lose to the, tr- the, the Detroit Pistons. I still remember them battling the Knicks. Like, I, I'm a huge NBA fan. And I feel like that majority of basketball players, even um, Michael Jordan, are pretty level-headed when it comes to losing. I don't think – I mean, they get upset. And they, I think they use that as a motivation. I don't think they necessarily think that they have to get upset and get angry. Or if they see somebody else, like if he saw Scott, if Michael Jordan saw, saw Scottie Pippen just sitting there, not showing any emotion after a loss. I don't think he's going to think pissed. any. Le- I don't think he would think any less of him though. Like I just, if you're sitting there, and I, th- I guess it's different. If you're sitting there laughing and smoking, joking, for lack of a better term, yeah, I, I could see that, but. I think if you're just sitting there sulking a little bit, that that's not necessarily. I don't think you the NBA players think that you should throw a temper tantrum when you lose. I just don't think that's what they think, or LeBron James thinks, or I, Michael Jordan thinks. I think it's it, it just depends, right? It's such a broad thing. It all of it is contextual. It all depends on what was happening in the game, what was the effort that you were putting in, and I think when it comes to the sentence, it's just a game. I think that's the beginning of a sentence. So for somebody that plays at that level, it's just a game that I get played to I get paid to play. That's not true of everyone. And so I think that that last part of it makes it different. And you know, there are some people who get that upset even if they're not getting paid and true. there's I think to some extent that's okay because it's a competitive nature, but if Ruthie, what you're saying is true, that he's saying that everyone should be that way. I don't know that I agree with that, but I do think that for him and for someone that gets paid to do this, like, yeah, this is your livelihood. So it's okay for you to be upset when you lose for everyone else. It's still okay for you to be upset for you to lose just on a competitive level. But I think that's where that sentence should end. It's just a game because you don't get paid to do this. Let it go and move on. But for everyone else who this is their livelihood, I think it's okay. Yeah. And I think, like, and I said, that's where, like, the media is crossed. Like, yeah, things blow up crazy on social media. And the message does not always get, like, the story, where it came from, what he's actually saying, and things like that. Like, I'm sure there's people that only have small clips of him yelling at the screen. Because, like, in the the video that you're going to share, 
um, Pete, like you, like it's worse than this quote. Like, he's just like, you're so stupid. Like, you know, like he literally is just going on a tangent and I know that he's like during stream, but like it looked bad. So I think that's why this tweet came up is to try to help that. But out of context, uh, like Brandon was saying, you're not sure what to say out of context. It just, just seems like he's trying to bash somebody, you yeah. know, or something or tell somebody that they're dumb for thinking it's just a game. I can imagine being in an intense match and like streaming and this is your livelihood and you're just you just lost a very intense match and you're a very competitive person. I used to be that way when I was younger. I was very competitive. I used to get I never like cried or got I mean like reacted in a way that I think Ninja would expect some people to react or want people to react. But I understand the idea of competition and being frustrated when losing. And I think in this stream somebody messaged him or said something about it's just a game. And I think in the clip, he just freaks out to that. And he's just in, in the heat of the moment type of thing. And that's a problem, I think, also with streaming is you get caught in these moments and then people snapshot it and then they post it out there out of context and it looks a little bit worse than it really is. It sounds bad because he's referencing LeBron James and Tom Brady and like everyone's like, dude, you're a streamer. Coupled with the fact that it's on Twitter where people are just looking for a reason to get upset, I feel like. Um, it just kind of culminated into this moment. I think what Ninja is trying to say is that uh, when you lose that it's okay to be angry. Like you should get angry if you want to, you know, you want to get better. Um, but I think what the problem is he said is he said is that so it's a weak mindset if you think it's just a game, which I don't think that's necessarily it. Like Brandon, you were saying, and Ruthie, you were saying if it's casual and you're just, it's not your livelihood. I think it's okay to say it's just a game, you know? Yeah. um, No, I, yeah, I agree and stuff like that. I just think, yeah. And like everybody loses their cool. Like I get it. And there's like, because I remember watching, I mean, I, I remember watching like the season where the when my my basketball team is the Mavs. Um, so like I remember watching when they the year that they won championship and stuff when they were playing against the Lakers and like there were so many things going around and honestly the Lakers were being a bunch of babies. Like play the game, but like they like um, I can't even remember now because it's been so long ago. But the one that like elbowed Berea when he did a jump shot, like straight up threw his elbow up and Berea hit the ground hard. Then he had to leave the game. And when he left the game, he tore off his Jersey and he got fined like 80 grand just for doing that. Like that was a tantrum. Like, I mean, there's it's like, everybody gets mad like, yeah, like across anything competitive, yeah. but yeah. Um, I just thought it was interesting. And, and I think, I think that one, it was taken out of context Two, it's Twitter. You know, Twitter's very yeah. quick to jump on either side of the fence on most tweets, you know. and He's um, always throwing up controversial quotes, though. Like, he always is. Yeah. He's always I the thing. And it's easy to hate on Ninja, I feel like, too. I think he's an easy, he's easy person to dislike, uh, in my opinion. And But... Uh, all right, I, I think we're done with the the news topics. We've we've talked about the three main topics. I feel like of the past week. Do you guys want to jump into the, the, the to the main topic that we're he, all here for to discuss? Yes. What happens if I say no? Uh, <laughs> then you can leave, and then Ruthie and I will just talk about my experience of going from <laughs> Android to iPhone. Fine. Other than, I'm out. Um, <laughs> um, so that being said, the main the main topic. Storming away. <laughs> 
the main topic is the iPhone 11 Pro. Brandon, a while back, a few months ago, I'm not sure how far back, you made the conversion from Android to iPhone 11 Pro. I recently did that uh, about a month ago. I made the conversion. Ruthie, you are here as a third party, um, I would say Android biased opinion <laughs> uh, yeah. since you are an Android user. And so Brandon and I, we're going to talk about this experience. And Ruthie, I want you to chime in and bring your perspective as well. Are you all ready to dive into this? Cool. Um, ready. Okay. You sound very excited, Brandon. You got me pumped. Uh, so <laughs> iPhone 11 Pro, I want to talk a little bit about the history of your phone use. Brandon, you actually wrote a re- really, really good article on L- LRM about detailing your experience and this is kind of based off of that and how i related to you i thought you were gonna say a really long article because <laughs> it is <laughs> it is a long i don't i didn't think it was that long it said it was like a nine or seven minute read i felt that that was for anyways i thought it was very well done and i really enjoyed it and i'm kind of basing this topic off of your article and how i related to that experience um so you started off talking about like the history of your phone use and and what you used uh I kind of want to get the, your your idea of your perspective on your previous years of use of phones. You know, you're mainly an Android user, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, I've used Android. So I started out with an iPhone 3GS way back in the day. Like, when was that? 2009, probably. Um, and I was okay with it, but the problem was there there were lots of restrictions on how the operating system worked. Like there was no file system, there was no way to you know do some of the things that I wanted to do, and I ended up jailbreaking it. And a lot of the ways that I modified it ended up being closer and closer to Android. So what that let me know is that it was just kind of time to move on. So I went and sold that phone, and I I got a Samsung Captivate, which was the basically the carrier version of the Galaxy S1. And I was pretty happy with Android. I loved modifying it and, and digging into the settings. And um, it was a good time. It was a hobby. Basically, that's what it was. It was a hobby and it was fun. But as I got older, um, that was something I wanted to do less. And trying to eke like every bit of performance out of my phone became less appealing. And I wanted the phone just to be great from the beginning. And it wasn't really until I got the first Pixel where, I'm sorry, I take that back. Galaxy S7 was probably my favorite Android phone up until I got the Pixel 2. So the Galaxy S7 had the fingerprint sensor. It was water resistant. It was uh, just everything that I wanted in a phone. It had a pretty good camera. And I really liked it. And the only reason I moved on from it is because the camera housing just randomly broke one day. Mm. So I got... I moved on to the Pixel line, and I thought that the camera on that thing was fantastic. I ended up buying the Pixel because I was going to get on a Blackhawk the next following week. Like, the camera housing broke, and I was like, shit, I need a camera. So I bought the Pixel. It got to the house, and that's what I used. So I jumped on this Blackhawk and was taking pictures, like, flew over my house. It was super exciting. The pictures look amazing from this camera phone, and I've been a Pixel user since then. Um, the I pictures think you shared hmm? were pretty were pretty amazing. I felt like the pixel uh, pictures you shared with me. I remember there was one with the bridge. Was that in London that you sent me yep. that picture? Yeah, that was a really beautiful picture that you sent me. And you sent some good pictures of your children. Like I was really impressed. I was really impressed by the pictures that the that the pixel um, took. Yeah, thank you. Um, I I still say like even today. 
I was at a party today and I told someone that I still haven't taken any pictures with this device, the iPhone 11 Pro, that I would print out and put on a wall. But I have taken at least 10 with the Pixel 2, which is now, you know, two generations old that I think are fantastic. Print those out and put them up anytime, anywhere. Um, the thing that kind of pushed me from Android, the some of the things were like the battery life. It just was abysmal. And I get that the phone at that point was over a year old. But with the phone that I have now, I never worry about battery. I can go a day and a half. And I could never do that on any Android phone. And a day and a half when I game, um, share my internet connection to my laptop, use it just as a phone, take a couple pictures, do some internet uh, searching and Twitter and things like that. And I still have plenty of battery at the end of the day. And the standby time on this phone blows away any Android device that I've ever had. So it would always disappoint me when I would use my Android phone and put it down like and not charge it overnight. It would lose at least 10% over the course of a night without doing anything. And that's never been true of this device. It's not true of my iPad and it's not true of my iPhone. So those are kind of the things that I like about this. But the thing that really puts it over the top isn't the phone itself. Um, it's the watch. So as a guy who likes to run and work out and stuff like that, the watch is probably the best fitness device I've ever used. And I've had Garmin's and Fitbit's and um, the Huawei watch too. I've never used a Samsung watch, but part of that is because I never wanted to be in an ecosystem within an ecosystem. So those watches use Tizen and they don't have access to the entire Android ecosystem of apps. So uh, yeah, that's, that was my struggle. So for me, my, my original like smartphone um, endeavor was the original iPhone. Like it came out, it was touchscreen. And I remember um, I had a lot of money to save up my bank account. I was just saving money and I've splurged on it. And it was like, a, it was probably like $700 at the time. And this was what, 2006 ish around there, right? 2005 ish. Anyway, seven, eight. 2007. Was it, oh, was it okay? So that's when I I bought it. I remember going to the Apple Store in Orland Park, Illinois, um, at Orland Mall. Walked in. I said, I want that. So I got yeah. it. Right. Remember that? <laughs> remember that mall? Um, so I Orland bought it. Mall. That's where we all went in high school to to hang out. You know, it was like the, <laughs> the upscale place. You know, not Lincoln Mall. Like we wouldn't go there anymore. We want to go, you know, out west. But anyways, yeah. So I got that phone. And, you know, I thought I was a lot of people were really blown away by it because, you know, it's touchscreen and this. And then for me, slowly using it, it was very like you were saying that 3GS was closed off or whatever it was, the phone that you had. This phone, you couldn't do anything with it. Like you couldn't even copy paste. You couldn't copy and paste. Uh, I couldn't use it was super hard to get your own ringtones to work. You had to pay for them. Um, it was very, there was nothing I could do cut like to customize that phone. And it really drove me nuts as a person, you know, that likes to cust the customization. And eventually what happened was I just, I gave up, I jailbroke it too. I even jailbroke that phone eventually cause I got fed up with it once jailbroken, the jailbreaking scene kind of blew up. I jailbroke that phone and even those apps that people made were pretty crappy. Cause I mean, 
it was early in the, in at that time and i remember i had a borat app that that would play like his soundbite it was a soundboard and i'd play that that was like the coolest thing i could do with that phone was the borat soundboard <laughs> app um and so eventually i moved on to uh i remember it was a, a windows i can't remember what the name of the phone it was but i, I transitioned to us cellular and I had a windows phone that phone was crappy uh, and that eventually, I went through a couple of versions of phone. I did the touchscreen BlackBerry, uh, which was a terrible, terrible phone. And then um, I moved over to BlackBerry Storm. Yes, the first one. I oh, thought that God, commercial the sold me. would go in. Yeah, oh, dude, so that commercial sold me. I was like, this is great. This is gonna, you know, beat the iPhone. And I was sold on basically that commercial. You know, whatever. Um, terrible phone. It was not good. Basically, it led me up to the Droid. X, which was which had a large screen. I loved that phone. It was a big screen, which led me to my infatuation with big screens. Um, and I rooted that phone. Or sorry, yeah, I rooted that phone. You say jailbreak for iPhone, rooted for Android. I rooted that phone. I was able to ter- turn my battery all the way down, so I didn't have to wor- at night, so I didn't have to worry about it. Or if I knew I was in the field because I was in the army, so if I was going to go into the field, and we couldn't charge our phones. I could turn my uh whatever app it was that would that allowed um battery access i could just turn it all the way down so i could you know string out my battery life it would slow everything down but i know that i would have access to my phone and that led me into a bunch of galaxy phones um i I I think with you the s7 was a fantastic phone that was the one um that you could actually um was the first one that had that you actually submerge in water because i think that that's the one that had the little cap right on the bottom where you could cover up the uh charging port the port yeah and so once that broke I don't off i remember how it did it i think that was the one i think it was the s7 that could do that but so i went to that uh i don't know what possessed me to so i eventually made it my way up to the note 8 which i love that phone that phone took maybe not as good as the pixel but man that phone took some amazing pictures uh it was I mean, it was everything I wanted in the phone as far as customizations could be concerned with. Uh, it just it did whatever I needed it to do. It had the stylus, which I really didn't use that much. I thought it was cool at first, but I didn't really use it um, so much in the long run. But what actually made me want to get a new phone was, Brandon, you, you know this, is I have a case of the Dropsies. Uh, I've broken a number of phones. I've dropped a couple in the toilet. I've dropped uh, a couple on the ground, and what was funny with my Note 8 was my wife, um, I was using it, so I, I uh, hacked my Switch, and I used my phone to send the payload to my Switch to boot into the custom firmware, and what happens is with the case, I had to remove the case to do this, and I hate cases. I just do. I hate the way it feels. It made the phone heavier, and so I was like, yeah, I'll be all right, um, and the very next day, my wife was like, the night before, was like, you need to put your case back on your phone. I was like, nah, I'll be all right. And I walked out to my car. And Feels I just, so good. Right. I just walked out of my car. I always say cases are like are, are like condoms, right? Condoms. Like, yeah. Yep. Everyone everyone <laughs> hates them. They feel terrible, but you need them to protect your whatever, right? Uh, and so with this, I, dro- I just dropped it going to my car. And then it just landed flat and Front to back shattered, just cracks all over the place, and I couldn't believe it. Mind you, I've dropped this Note 8 a few times without the case on it, and it actually was pretty one of the most durable phones that I had. And I even said to this point that if I hadn't broke that case, I probably would have just or broke that phone, I probably would have just kept that phone because as much as much as I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. 
But that that was like the moment where I realized I'm probably going to buy a new phone once my contract is up. Brandon, you're different. You like to buy your phones outright. I'm for some reason I just I just it's easier for me to just sign up and do it online and pick up my phone. I think, and that's kind of like the route that I've taken with my phones. It sucks because you're paying interest on it, and and yep. when you finance it, so it, you, that aspect I'm probably paying a couple hundred dollars extra than I need to over the over the the life of the phone. Um, but yeah, that's that was my experience with phones in a nutshell, and. Everything you said about the iPhone transitioning was what started my infatuation with Apple was I bought an iPad Pro a while back because I want to do some artwork with the Apple Pencil for my birthday. Um, And I realized how intuitive and all the features that iOS had as far as like taking screenshots, taking video, and just how quickly and how easily it is done. Um, and the apps just worked, you know, like I, I, you referenced that in your article and I hate saying that, but just, it seemed like every app I, I purchased or installed, it just worked so fluidly with iOS. Um, and especially with the procreate app of, um, that I used to draw. And then I have this other app. I can't remember. It's like a beat maker app. It's so good. Like the music I can make on this app, it just works. There's nothing I could find like this on Android or this experience. So I just really enjoyed it, you know, even reading stuff on the iPad, even though it's a little heavy. And that's kind of like what kind of made me start leaning towards Apple. I couldn't really say why it changed. I still don't know to this day what forced me to change. What what was the, what was the thing that made you say, you know what, I think I'm going to go with Apple. I'm done. Because it sounded like Pixel never steered you wrong. I know you were at some issues with, I think, the cost. But what was the thing that steered you towards finally converting to... Um, because the newer Pixels didn't have anything about them that made them good devices. So the batteries were getting smaller. On So like the Pixel 3, they upped the price. Um, the battery was not good. Um, so I really have to think about this because I remember like wringing my hands trying to figure out whether or not I was going to get this phone because the camera was still the same, if not better. And it now had wireless charging. But the problem with the wireless charging was it didn't do fast charging unless it was a very specific wireless charger. They just made a whole bunch of weird compromises. And then when it came to the Pixel 4, they made another series of weird compromises, plus a bunch of gimmicky things like the Soli radar system, which, you know, you move over the court move over the screen and it will move the music forward or do like a whole bunch of other stuff but then they didn't open up the api when they launched it so it's like why do you have this thing that's basically proprietary but don't have any real features for it so it just did not feel like they were moving that device in any kind of useful direction any of those devices so yeah that that makes sense there's one thing i noticed with with the iphone um, 11s everything that i use touches and like it's like tied into the ios uh so well like everything uses face unlock which is another thing i want to get into which i'm, I'm really enjoying is the the face unlock it's, it works pretty great in my opinion but like going back to deciding on why i went to, to the iphone i think i was persuaded by my peers per se you i was tell i was telling you i was thinking about it before it even launched and then I saw you posted a picture in our chat. And then my boss had one. He was showing me pictures in the night mode and the portrait mode. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go go towards towards <laughs> Apple. I think I was ready for a change. I think I just, I think so, everything with Android and 
and the camera that, that, that I saw with the iPhone and the enjoyment that I was getting from the iOS and iPad is what kind of geared me towards the change. I don't think it was anything that Apple did or at, that Android didn't do that made me want to change. I just I think I just personally wanted to to see what all the fuss was about, and, you know, and it's it was. It's kind of for me. It's a big jump because it's a two-year commitment. I guess I could sell my phone and pay it off if I really wanted to, but it was really interesting. Like I really didn't have anything that just said I want an iPhone. You know, it's just kind of like thinking about it, and I finally just decided and made the jump. Um, the other couple little things. So one of the things that I noticed almost immediately is that even apps that are this that exist on both devices, they're better made for iOS. So like Asphalt Nine looks better on iOS or even Dropbox somehow, some way. It's just a system of files. It still looks better on iOS than it does on Android. So I don't know why that is generally the case, but it always seems to be. Um, But the other thing that started to bother me about Google is that they just did not seem to care about certain things anymore. Like you always felt like, it felt like more and more you were becoming a beta tester for some of their stuff. And I wanted to get away from that. And I felt like I did. So Ruthie, it's just making you angry. All this iPhone <laughs> talk. <laughs> I don't get, it's just a phone. <laughs> no, I agree. You it's just like have a weak mindset. Ruthie. Yeah. Yeah. You just have a weak mind. <laughs> no no i mean i guess i i'm just listening and like it's interesting and i think like everybody has their own i guess flavors like the way they like to do things like when i think about the navigation of like the iphones and stuff i've never liked it like like even earlier on because at one point i did have the do i go with android do i do i go with you know apple or whatever and they were like sitting in front of me and I just kind of, you're at the store and you kind of flick around at them and stuff. And I just liked the Android navigation better, like the way it was set up. And I still do. And, um, I guess like one question I had for you, Brandon, about the watch and stuff. So like, how often do you have to charge your watch? Um, I generally charge it every night, but no, Oh, it depends. So here's my normal schedule. I will leave it on, how do I say this? So I'll go through a day, right, with the watch on. And uh-huh. let's say between 2000 and 2200, so between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m., I'll take the watch off and then I'll charge it. And then it's ready for bed because I have a sleep tracker on sleep, here as well. Yeah, sleep tracker. Yeah. So then I'll wake up, um, go for a run or work out. And then I'll take a shower. While I'm in the shower, I put it on the charger. And like between that, it's up to 90%. So it's never an inconvenience. I just, I'm kind of regimented with the way that I do things. And it was never, from that perspective, it wasn't me bending to the way the watch worked. That just made sense to me. Uh-huh. Um, so, you and know, one of the other... Th- hmm. No, go ahead. I was going to chime in on my experience with using a different watch so i'll let you finish though yeah well i was just gonna say one of the other things that like pushed me further to get this was i knew that um either the ear pods or the beats headphones would work perfect with this watch so i got the beats pros and going outside and opening up the or not even going outside opening up the case to sync 
the headphones to the watch and putting them in my ear and just going to run is such a 180 from with my Huawei Watch 2 when it's like sometimes the Bluetooth would connect, sometimes it wouldn't. And there's nothing that kills your run more than screwing around with your watch for the first 10 minutes trying to figure out what's going on and why can't I hear my music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Fair enough. Talking Go about ahead. the the watch experience, which is kind of interesting because I, I had the Galaxy smartwatch when I transitioned and Brandon, you and I were talking about, we've always talked about the, the watch, the wearable experience. And you were saying you should, you know, you should get the, uh, the um, Apple watch. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to spend that much money on it, you know, because for me, surprisingly, the Galaxy watch does everything that I need as far as when it comes to it working with the iPhone, which I found surprising. Now, due to it being closed off on two different platforms, I can't react and input anything from my watch to my phone, but it can pull information from my phone, um, which, one, I can see all my messages come up on my phone, which is great, including email and text messaging. Uh, now, even when I had my Note 8, I never responded using that using the app because sometimes I have quick messages that, that that you can just put OK or yes or I'm on my way or something like that. I never did that on my Note 8. It just didn't. I just used it to look at look at my messages. That works flawlessly, surprisingly, with the iPhone. Um, the other thing, too, is using the Samsung Health app on iPhone syncs perfectly. So every time all my sleep numbers are updated on there, my the calories burned um, update just fine. I don't have any issues with that. I don't really run so much anymore because uh, my my knees I don't think can handle it as much. I'm mean, getting old. Know. No, no. Which right. just say you're getting old. Sorry. Yeah, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. You're <laughs> older than me though. You're probably in better shape than me. But um, I don't run as much anymore. I do a lot of cardio, and that's how I track my calories burned. Um, and my heart rate works just fine. I can see it when I'm working out. So I was really surprised. And that's when you were like, I was, when you had suggested on buying one, I was like, as much as I really don't, even even with all of that, I still don't get the, I'm still not all all in on the wearable technology personally. Um, and top of that, I just didn't see the reason to spend, what is it, $250 Four hundred dollars now for the latest Apple Watch. I just don't see the. I don't really think about it. Yeah, I, I just don't see the 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 cost versus the investment versus the actual uh, payoff with that. I just didn't see it. I was re- I'm really surprised and happy with the Galaxy Watch working just fine. And I don't even have to charge it. Like you were asking Brandon about charging, really. Like I charge it on my way to work because I have a long drive. But I charge it on my way to work. After about twenty minutes, it's fully charged. I'm good for three days. And so, yeah. It yeah. Was just- I, well, no. And the the only reason that I brought up the um, watch thing it, is um, uh, is because like Brandon was saying, like he doesn't have to charge his phone so much. And I've noticed a lot of people that have the the um, the watch use the watch so much that they do have to regularly charge the watch. Yes. And so, like in my head, the trade off was like, well, yeah, you're not having to choose charge your phone as much because you're not using it as much when you have your watch right there so i mean like it's kind of like pros and cons and stuff i personally i haven't like upgraded to the smarter watches i still have a fitbit but yeah if i charge it for like two hours it's good for like four days but i understand as you get in higher technology and more of what you use it for and what it's doing it's going to run through battery quicker um so i mean like i get it all and stuff it's it's like give and take but that was just my trade-off it's just like eh, yeah you know you don't use it as much then yeah you wouldn't have to charge it as much you know um 
Sorry, yeah, so I guess I was playing devil's advocate by asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so even if so, the watch probably has little to no impact on how little I use the phone because I still think that I use the phone more than mm-hmm. I did with my Android phones because I had like I don't know what a good term like battery anxiety with my Android phone. I would always be worried about like if I play a game or if I do something like the battery life is just going to just drop and it did. Yeah. So I not having that worry now, I have increased usage with my phone. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I guess my thing is, is I don't play games on my phone. Okay. So I'm I'm like super boring (laughs) Uh, in the fact that like literally all I do on my phone is I like read maybe. So like, um, I'll download games and I'll have them for like a day and then I'll get rid of them. Um, as far as applications, it's mainly flicking between like Reddit, social medias, Twitter, things like that. Um, maybe I'll do YouTube. That's probably where I see like the biggest drain um, is probably if I'm YouTube like video watching, um, just like having to do the sound and the video and stuff. It will drain it some. But I've also got like the fast charger. So which they all come standard with now. Even, like, I'm saying almost all phones come standard now with the fast chargers. Um, So, I mean, like, it would only take, like, an hour on the charger to be back up, you know, and fine. But I usually don't let it dip below, like, 35%. So. So, you know what's funny about that, about the gaming? I Mm -hmm. never gamed as much as I do now. (laughs) So, I think Asphalt was the one game that I probably played on Android. Uh Now, I play... Tetris, Asphalt, Call of Duty Mobile. Um, I have just a bunch of stuff like Polytopia, Odyssey, um, Solitaire that I play sometimes. But the amount, I would say my gaming went from like 10% to 1,000%. So Call of Duty Mobile is so much fun. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, It's crazy. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, touching on battery battery life. So I have. I already said I have a long commute, and so I'm constantly listening either to music via Amazon Music or podcasts. You know, mm-hmm. I've been using Apple Podcasts lately because it's, it's natively built in and it works great. Um, and I use Bluetooth to listen to the audio in my car. And so, even after listening to, because that's all my all my audio comes from my phone. And and during that time, it's Bluetooth. So you're talking about almost three hours a day. It's constantly on, for the most part, playing some form of audio through Bluetooth. And I still only need to charge my phone every day and a half, maybe. Like, I know yep. I can go to bed, and it could be at 50%. And I know when I wake up, it'll probably still be at, like, 45%. And I can get to work, and I still wouldn't need to charge it until that afternoon. And it's such a weird feeling to like, like you brand, you call it a battery anxiety. It's almost like battery confidence. Now, like you just know, like your phone's going to be able to make it. If I have 15% battery life, I'm, I'm good for at least another, at least two, three, four hours. And I don't have to worry about it. It's just, it's a weird. Whereas on Andrew, that shit was counted in minutes. Right. <laughs> you're like, Oh crap. I gotta, I gotta charge. It's just really weird. You know, to, to and my wife is like, I get it. Your, your battery's great. You know, I get somebody talking about it. It's like, <laughs> I, I like whatever. Um, and, I, and even at work, because one of my friends, he, uh, my coworker, and my and my boss. So my boss has the iPhone. My coworker has an Android. He's got it. I uh, think an S 
8 or S9 and we're always I'm always like this battery life odd oh, joke I'm like oh I guess I don't need to charge my phone for 20 minutes and I'll be good for another 3 days and like he's just like I say like real loud and my <laughs> my my coworker just looks at me and I was like he's like really mad you know like sort of like half kidding you know joking but because we're all transitioned to to iPhones now at work so but yeah man the battery is it's just a weird feeling you know like to go for years 10 years of just freaking out about your battery life to now it's not even like a concern it's like it's just, it's just a, an odd feeling is the best way to describe it um yep uh so a funny story about uh not really funny i guess but so I had Bluetooth headphones. They're two earbuds, uh, and I lost the day I bought my phone. I went to look for them. I could only find one of the buds, so I had to use the native wired headphones. And so on, to- on top of my drive to work, I have a ten minute walk from the parking deck, and I really miss my my wireless headphones. I- wired headphones suck so bad. I hate. Yes, they do. Every single time I got to spend a minute or two to untangle my, my wired headphones. And that's one thing that just drove me nuts. It's not necessarily iPhone related, but it's just one of the things I realized that it's just, I hate so much. I need to get a, a pair of wireless headphones like right now. I'm just too, too cheap to buy some. Um, Brandon, uh, what did you do to transfer your data? I'm kind of curious what you did. I don't really have anything that's, native to a device with the exception of maybe pictures contacts so all yeah all of my stuff is already synced through google ah okay so what was weird i had an issue with that it, like I, I tried to update and push it through google and it was not updating and i was struggling with mm-hmm. that for about 15 20 minutes and then i finally actually found uh an app from verizon because i use verizon and it basically connects the two phones together and transfers everything, which was really great. And then I was able to, um, I transferred, after I did that, I just hooked my Note 8 up to my, back to my Wi-Fi and I connected to my file share and I just pushed all my photos to that. So now they're stored locally on, all, on my on my file share. So I backed up all my photos. That's how I was able to save everything. Um, it's probably it's already stored on Google. I already know that. Like Google backs up everything yep. that you that you've done. So yeah. So all my so Google, I use a lot of their more established services because I know that some of the other ones might just go away. So Google Photos, all of my pictures are in there. Um, all of my documents are in Google Drive or Dropbox, and it's basically almost no matter what device I have. So you could throw my laptop, iPad, iPhone all in the water and i would say that 90 percent of all of my stuff would still be saved somewhere um yeah so that was a actually i kind of wanted to ask have you guys ever downloaded your data from google ruthie have you done that um downloaded it like to my phone just no you can actually go to google and download all of the data they collect on you and then you can go look through it have you ever done that no i've never done that it's really interesting. All of the location hmm. data, all of the location data, every picture you've ever taken while you, under that Google account on that phone or any phone that you've had on that Google account gets saved, and you can download all of it. I downloaded mine. I've been a Google user for almost 10 years, and I had like 58 gigabytes of, of, of data. It's pretty creepy, but kind of cool because there's a lot of pictures on there that I had lost, and so I found some on there, so that was kind of cool, but it's still creepy. Brandon, have you ever done it? No. I... um. I pretty much know that they know way too much about me. I did yeah. it from Facebook only so I could delete my Facebook account. But 
other than that, there'd be no reason for me to know how oh. much Google knows about me. Interesting. I just did it because I wanted to see. Like, I wanted to see it for myself, and it was pretty pretty scary. And although I did get a lot of pictures that I thought I had lost, which was also a good thing. But I just thought I was wondering if you guys have done that. I always tell everyone to do it if they haven't, just to see. Um, so funny yeah, story. Yeah, I mean, like I know there's a lot of stuff in there. Like, because I I've, yeah. I've pulled up my Google and it's like, look at your photos, and it's like you know, 12,000 photos. And I'm like, holy crap. And then I'm just like, yep, that's from a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all my dick pics. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to touch on my experience was, so I had a lot of apps for work. Um, Brand, you mentioned two factor talking about Twitch. So a lot of my, I had two multi-factor authentication apps that I have to use. One is duo and that's to sign in, to certain um, APIs or um, applications at work, and then to sign in my Office 365, I have to use my my Office um, app, Authenticator app. <laughs> the problem was I didn't have my phone with me the first day, and so luckily I was able to just send a text message to my phone. But I had to go back and reset all that up. And another thing was my since there's no headphone jack on the iPhone, that's how I used to listen to my music previously was I was just jacking into my car, you know, I use a standard RCA jack and I plug it into my phone. So what I had to do was, is I had to turn my hotspot on, on my iPhone, connect my note eight to the hotspot and then plug in my RCA jack so I could listen to music for like the first week until I bought a Bluetooth adapter. So I thought that was kind of a, it was a weird transition because my wife was like, why do you still have your note eight? Why are you still taking it to work? I was like, ah, I still got some stuff I need to do. So that was a, an interesting experience. Why are you I, worried about it? Right, exactly. She just, it was weird. You know, like I'm leaving with two phones in my hand, you know, it just looks kind of, I don't know. I think it's kind of suspicious when you got two phones, you know, I don't know. Maybe like a drug dealer, I don't know, having an affair sort of thing. I don't know. She didn't look, she's not. Yeah, that's that, what I'm saying. Why are you worried about it? Yeah, she's not that, <laughs> full disclosure, she she didn't like look at my phone. She's not that type of person. But um, <laughs> I just thought it was funny that I'd, I was using two phones because of certain reasons during this transition phase that I went through. Um, but now that I've gotten this Bluetooth adapter, it all works great. Um, there's a couple of things I want to touch on before we before we finish off finish up here. Um, Brandon, did you have any struggles with your phone? Did, with your transition? Not during the transition. The transition is easy. Um, there's still little things that irritate me that I have to think of, like sit down and think about what they are. Uh-huh. Um, I know that. So, like for instance, Lightroom. I know that there's no way to export Lightroom photos to Google Photos, which is like, why? Um, For those who don't know, Lightroom is like an Adobe app that allows you to do photos, right? Yeah, like photo editing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's frustrating and it's weird. And I feel like that's probably more of an Apple issue than it is an Adobe issue. I think that certain applications don't function because of Apple restrictions. So I've used Gboard, Google's keyboard for years. And for whatever reason, it seems dumber on the iPhone than it did on my Android phones. So little stuff like that. There's just little things that, that, that pop out that I notice. Also, one of the other things that irritates me is getting music onto the watch. Isn't fun. Hmm. And they basically wanted you to either pay for a Spotify subscription or pay for their match service. And it's like, I'm not paying for, like, I own this music. I'm not paying to get it 
moved from one of my devices to another. Oh, interesting. So, That's one thing I didn't have a problem with the Galaxy Watch was putting music on it. I was—I mean, I don't do it that I don't use it that often, but I was surprised at how simple it was to just put music on it. It was just like drag and drop sort of thing. Um, my my struggle that I have really is that when I work out, I like to use. So I have Google Home, which I'm not an advocate for just because of privacy reasons. But I have them now, and I, and until I move, I probably won't get rid of them. Um, is you can connect to it via Bluetooth, and for whatever reason, my iPhone just always disconnects from it. Like it just always really? you can't connect. Yeah, and you cannot can you cannot connect to it through the Wi-Fi system. Like that's how normally you would connect to Google Home. Is it it reads it on the network and then you just connect to it which is cast yeah yeah um and for whatever reason i it does not work this way on ios and you can connect to it through bluetooth and it just constantly disconnect now my ipad works fine so i just hook up my ipad to it and it's just sitting right there in the living room with me but it's really frustrating sometimes i just want to listen to it it just keeps it kept disconnecting so that was one of the frustrations that i had that i had with what are you using to try and listen like what application uh yeah amazon yeah uh i tried that would be more of an amazon issue than an apple issue only because i know that amazon and google have issues working together well what's weird casting to the fire stick was a pain in the butt for a while i didn't have any problem though using that same app on my note 8 that was what was weird um, and it's Bluetooth, so it, no matter what, even if I listen to TuneIn Radio, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, it can disconnects too, even if I'm doing TuneIn. I think it's something going on with Bluetooth. Maybe just might be the my phone maybe might have a defect, but nothing else Bluetooth I have an issue with. It's just one thing that drives mm. me nuts. That's that's my the main struggle that I had outside of trying to figure out how to sh- transfer all my my data off my Note Eight and get it to my phone, like my contacts and stuff. That was like one of the the, the struggles that I had. Um, I will say, uh, so the last few things I want to want to get to is the camera, and if, and the other thing is, is there anything that might sway you back to Android? So, uh, camera for me, uh, it's all about family pictures, right? That's like the main thing that I. That's pretty much the only thing I take pictures of. Or if I go on vacation, I went to Charleston, took a lot of really cool pictures. The slow mo is really cool, although mm-hmm. that's kind of like a standard amongst phones now. Most smartphones have yeah. a really cool slow mo. Um, but the portrait mode, that portrait mode, just in brought in daylight, natural light is amazing. I don't know if you've messed with it yet or what you think about it, but or Ruthie, if you ever seen portrait mode or use it on your phone, I was blown away by the the pictures that I've taken in portrait mode in, in natural daylight on a sunny day. What did you think about the camera and things like that, Brandon? I still think that the still shooter be it the selfie shooter or the main shooter is better on a pixel. Interesting. Hands down. Like for video, I do think that the iPhone is better. Like it has better stabilization. Uh, I did a video of myself and the person who saw the video almost didn't believe that it was an iPhone. Uh, I've never seen a Android phone pull off that trick. But in still photography, I just I don't think that Apple has the computational chops to do what Google has done with their photographs. Hmm. Ruthie, have you ever seen the portrait mode or mess with portrait mode on your phone? Um, so I don't uh, I haven't seen it, so I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. Um, but I do know that I guess at the end of the day, like <clears throat> 
I feel like cameras have come so far just in phones in general. I remember like some of my first phones and the, you know, like, or like even now, like I do have some people, um, some friends that still have like, you know, like older phones because they just refuse to move on. (laughs) Um, But I mean, just all together. So like their pictures are like very blurry. You can't tell if it's dark. They don't have the modes they can change to um, and things like that. So I guess like I feel like for it, some of them are so standard now. Like you said, like slow-mo. Yeah, like I have slow-mo on mine. Um, I can do like the ultra wide shot now, which I love about my galaxy. That's one of the things is where I'm in camera. I can choose a wide shot, natural frame, or even up close. And it's just like three buttons. So I don't have to worry about the squeezing my fingers in and out. It's like preset. Um, so I like really like that. Um, I love night mode. That's probably one of my favorites um, because usually because of my schedule, I only go out and party at night. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's not a lot. I mean, it sounds more, but I don't have a lot of a uh, natural light, you know, and, or it's in a dark, Oh gosh, now it sounds like I'm in dungeon stuff. <laughs> Anyways, there's not a lot of light, but uh, it's night mode. And like when I take the pictures, it looks like, you know, sometimes it looks just like sunset and sometimes it looks like broad daylight almost. And blown away who, a camera can do that without a flash. Who's partying, uh, at, partying out at night when it's like bright as hell? Like who, like whoever go, where, where do you go at night where, you know, everyone's lo- like illuminating everything with fluorescent yeah. light, lights? Well, like I even went to um, like NASA. I went to NASA and like some of their rooms, their galaxy rooms and stuff they keep it really dark and Mm. stuff and so it was really cool in night mode to like be able to take pictures and still get their aesthetic but be able to see things um and everything in the photos but i feel like i feel like cameras have come so far it's kind of like when people are like oh i love this console because it has graphics 8000 and the person's like what's your trash console and it's like oh well mine only has 7000 pixels (laughs) like i feel like it's so close now that you know, but being able to take good pictures is a good thing because nobody really has cameras anymore, like physical cameras. It actually kind of makes me giggle when people pull out physical cameras now because it's just it feels so foreign nowadays. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been really impressed with the camera. Then again, I didn't have the experience of having a Pixel. I was pretty happy with the Note Eight, but I, that portrait mode of kids, just of my kids when I take pictures of them, it just blow, blew me away when I saw the quality of it. I'll, I'll share a picture with you guys of my daughter i usually don't post i'm kind of swaying away from posting pictures of my kids on social media these days uh mm-hmm. i'm yep. still on a, i'm still yep. on the fence as far as privacy even on i have instagram i try not to post anything other than myself uh pictures of family on my on instagram anymore i'll do my dogs all day but <laughs> my kids and stuff <laughs> I, I won't but um the last thing i want to know brandon from you then is for you, is there anything that might sway you back to Android? You kind of touched on that in your article, so I'm kind of curious to know if there's what would it take in the next couple of year or year or two to pull you back? Uh, if the battery life became amazing and if the Apple Watch worked on an Android device, that's it. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I um, yeah i I take more still photos than video, so. I, I would love to be able to have a Pixel camera on an iPhone. But, Ruthie, you actually reminded me of something, another thing that moved me away from getting a Pixel. Like, the reason why I didn't get the Pixel 4 was because they went with the telephoto lens rather than the ultra-wide. And it's like, what the f- Why would you do that? Like, <laughs> right? who, needs, who needs to do, like, who needs to zoom in that much? But I would love to be able to take bigger and get more 
in my shots. And I've done that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I don't know what it would take. I mean, I'm really happy with my experience so far. It's been a little over 30 days well, now. Well, obviously, and... it would take you dropping your phone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll just buy the next Apple phone. Okay, well, let's go over the amount of phones that I can recall. It's off the top of my head that I broke. I had a small, my Droid X I dropped, I cracked. I had a the smaller Droid Mini, I forgot what it was called. It was a white phone. I dropped that when I was at work on uh, staff duty. That cracked. I dropped my Galaxy S7 in the toilet. Uh, I dropped my, what was the, what was the LG V2? Is that, wasn't that, a, yeah, the LG V2. I dropped yeah, that yeah, in the that toilet. One, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, was, see, this is, uh, see, and I, you know, and I want to say that's probably one of my deterrents from the iPhones is I can't tell you the number of friends I have that have an iPhone with a cracked screen. It's like almost standard. Yeah. Like, like, you're not a real I mean, iPhone like, user. Not, like, and me, I drop my phone all the time and I've been having Galaxy since the five, since the five. Mm. I don't know, but I've had them for years. But the point is, is like, I have dropped my phones hundreds of times and literally i have only cracked one screen and like literally that was like the last two months of having that phone and it was just the corner and even then like i had the uh you know like obviously i had like the insurance and stuff so literally it was like 45 dollars, and boom they gave me a new screen like i mean so but i know people like drop those iphones like some people like they don't even have the phone a month and that thing is looks demolished and i'm like what do you guys do with these phones (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, but, uh, let's let's and, just say yeah, no. I have a case on my phone that I'm never taking off, and I brought a screen protector that I'm never taking off until it starts to bubble, um, and I have insurance on my phone. So if anything happens to this so baby. so weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't use screen protectors, and I have never, knock on wood, I have never broken <laughs> a screen on a phone. I've broken the screen on someone else's phone, um, but never my own. Yeah, of no, course, I, I usually do put the screen protectors on and stuff, but even then I get the glass ones, which can shatter. But I mean, all you do is you pull them off and you, you put a new one on, you know, but like, um, like, oh, like I had it, I, I was tempting fate. I had my last one, uh, the, uh, nine, I had it like for like seven months with no screen protector or case. And I dropped that thing left and right. And every time I dropped it, I took that two seconds of like. You've done it. This is it. This is the money shot. <laughs> and like, I pick up the phone and I'm like, yes, thank you, phone God. Like, it's still fine. Like, it was like, I was just like, it's going to happen. It never happened though. And I've got like the worst luck. Um, my worst phone story about like really quickly dropping a phone. Um, the worst thing is I had um, back when I had a Blackberry, I had one way, way back when. Um, I dropped my phone while I was in a rocking chair. And you know how you go to get up from a rocking chair? Yeah, no, you can probably guess what's going to oh, happen. No. I drop it while I'm in the rocking chair and I lean forward to get up out of the chair and literally it went underneath the rocking leg. So I literally, when I leaned forward, I smashed it. And like, I go in and they're like, what did you do? <laughs> I'm like, I smashed it in a rocking chair, basically doing grandma sports. Like, what am I doing? It was pretty funny. Oh, man. Well, luckily, Brandon, um, hopefully you your good fortune of not breaking phones will continue. Hopefully mine will good change. Luck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, a good balance maybe, in the middle. Maybe odds always be in your favor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I guess the last thing that I'll the la- very last thing I'll say is I miss the very very big screen, um, but I prefer the smaller form factor. I've nat- I've usually had the bigger screen phones, um, Android phones, but this is the first smaller phone that I've gotten, um, and I'd like the feel better. And I think I think I'm happy with that. I sometimes I really miss watching videos and stuff on the larger screen, but just the overall feel of the smaller phone, I really really enjoy um, versus yeah, that yeah. that large screen. Sometimes you I miss it. it. You heard it here. Yeah, it's not the size. It's yeah, it's not the size. That <laughs> it's matters. not the size. <laughs> it's the motion, the ocean. <laughs> um, so that, I, I think like that brings. The, oh, yeah, I'm not on the same thing. I like the big. So I like the big. Screen. Oh, so so it's. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I'd add that in. Screen, screen, screen. Like I'm just gonna edit. I'm just gonna cut that part mm-hmm. out of Ruthie saying I like it big, and that's all I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> just end it. Um, that's the yeah, it just ended right there. I like it big. Bloop, that's it. Over. <laughs> um, okay. No, but okay. I think I think we've talked ad nauseum about the phones and about the news. I'm ready to bring it home. I don't have anything else to say about the iPhone. Um, I love it, Brandon. You seem to like it, Ruthie. You're probably gonna stay. Maybe we convinced you. Maybe not. But um, <laughs> I just gotta say thank you yeah, guys. I would never. You what? No, I was gonna say I would never try and convince somebody. I think that um, I think that my use case is very specific. So, yeah, yeah, you you sound I think it very is for lucky. a lot of people. You have a very set strict of rules and things that you operate by, and you you just find the phone that matches that. So I feel like, like you said, if if uh, if Android had those two things that you specifically need, you would cross over, like because it's yeah. all about like efficiency and is it doing what I need it to do, point blank. So, yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. That's me exactly. Yeah. And me, I'm just like, if it's not fixed, don't break it. Or, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. It works for me. It Like, I don't have any issues. You know, same thing like that. So, I am a little bit of a loyalist, but it does everything I need it to do. So. That's all that matters. As long as it gets yeah. the job done. Um, so. <laughs> all right. So, I'm going to try to end it again. <laughs> uh no, but Brandon, uh, it's always a pleasure to do a podcast with you. I always blame you for getting me on a podcast kick. It's your fault. So um, it's always a pleasure to do a podcast with you. It's uh, been great to have you on. Um, where can people find you on the interweb? So you can find me at Sir Jonesiest on Twitter. Podcast, and sometimes you can find me on Los Fanboys, and both of those podcasts are associated with the LRM Online Podcast Network. Awesome. Ruthie, if people want to reach out to you, to your public persona, how would they do that? Um, probably the best place uh, is Twitter, and it's at RenRuthie. I did it backwards because I like to confuse people um, and, you know, stay under the radar. So, but um, if you go there, it... It, I post from everywhere to there. That's where I announce everything. So my YouTube's, Reddit stuff, Twitch stuff, all that kind of stuff. You'll it's loaded up on there. So yeah. Awesome. Followed. <laughs> and if anyone is interested in following my stuff, you can go to nerdsadulting.com and everything is just there. Uh, Ruthie's stuff should be there too as well. Um, so yeah, come on, check it out. The top played podcasts are on there. Um, some attempts of me trying to be a writer are on there uh so come check it out and then you can uh you can find more about uh nerds adulting so thanks everyone brandon ruthie it's been a pleasure uh you all have a wonderful week and i can't wait to talk to you all again definitely definitely nice 
Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to Nerds Adulting, a podcast where grown-up nerds discuss being an adult and how nerd culture influenced us and still is. On this podcast, I invite special guests to discuss certain topics that include parenting, violent video games, television, movies, streamers, game developing, and anything else considered part of nerd culture. I've been a nerd my entire life, and even as an adult, I'm still vested in nerd culture, whether it be TV, movies, video games, or technology. I'm also a parent who unsurprisingly rubbed off on my children who are now developing their own nerdy interests as well. I love the aspects of nerd culture and how it intertwines with us now as adults. How do we juggle our hobbies along with being a husband or wife, our jobs, being a parent? This is what this podcast is about, how we still are nerds even as adults. You know, nerd culture is mainstream now. So when you use the word nerd derogatorily, it means you're the one that's out of the zeitgeist.